Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Lauren Hansen, an editor at The Week, and today I wanted to get to the bottom of the Obamacare problem. Today, after all the votes have been tallied, health insurance reform becomes law in the United States of America. President Obama signed the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act into law on March 23, 2010. Obama and congressional Democrats had hoped the Affordable Care Act would provide uninsured Americans with private health care coverage that was similar to employer-sponsored plans. With federal subsidies, health insurance premiums would be affordable for nearly everyone. Within six months of that signing, several elements of the law went into effect, but it would take more than three years for the government to build the biggest part of the Affordable Care Act, the health insurance marketplace on healthcare.gov where individuals could search and buy plans by state. Fast forward to today, and Obamacare is unraveling. Insurance companies are pulling out, premiums are rising, and many customers are being left with little or no choice of insurance plans. So what happened? In the beginning, many of the biggest healthcare providers, your Aetna, your United Health, for example, started out with low, low premiums to attract customers. But they eventually lost so much money that they're pulling out on most state healthcare exchanges. Meanwhile, enrollment is going down. This year alone, enrollment hit only the 60% mark of the original forecast. And next year's numbers are likely to be even worse. Since in 2017, premiums are expected to rise between 10 and nearly 60% in some places. The main problem for Obamacare comes down to a balancing act between those who pay for insurance and need a lot of expensive medical care on the one hand, and those who pay for insurance and hardly need any medical care on the other. You see, the Affordable Care Act had two main provisions, the expansion of Medicaid to include more low-income families, and the individual mandate, which requires those without insurance to buy coverage. The Medicaid expansion has provided 9 million poor people with free insurance, and that figure would actually be much higher had 19 Republican-controlled states not refused to participate in the expansion. On top of that, there were all sorts of new rules for insurance companies that are really great for the public but really bad for business. Insurance companies can't refuse people with pre-existing medical conditions, and they can no longer charge women more than men, among many other things. So with Obamacare, insurance companies are now suddenly expanding their care and paying for more medical coverage than ever before. But that's where the individual mandate was supposed to come in and balance everything out. The mandate basically says, hey, you young, healthy person who probably won't even have a yearly checkup, you have to sign up for health care or else pay a fine. But when those young people went looking for affordable insurance on the exchanges, they couldn't find any. The premiums and deductibles were running in the thousands per year. So by comparison, a $600 fee for going without insurance didn't seem so bad. But without this revenue from the so-called young invincibles, who generally don't consume a lot of expensive care, insurance companies can't cover the medical costs of their older, sicker customers. Really, for the system to work, 18 to 34-year-olds need to account for 35% of enrollees, and at this point, we're still 7% shy of that number. So insurance companies are left with basically two choices, raise the premiums or leave the exchanges. Many are choosing to leave. 
and the insurance companies who are left are stripping back their coverage, offering the narrowest medical networks with no frills. Now, it should be noted that Obamacare isn't a total failure. It has provided insurance to more than 20 million Americans who didn't otherwise have it. The uninsured rate has dropped to almost half since parts of the Obamacare law went into effect five years ago. And the premiums I mentioned, the ones that seem to be always on the rise, well, they're actually still, on average, $600 less per year than what was originally projected. And that's not all. People who already had insurance, like through their employers, are also benefiting. Healthcare costs are rising at record low rates. You see, one of the things that Obamacare does is it rewards hospitals for successful treatment and punishes them financially for readmitting patients. And even with those 20 million additional people in the system, federal government spending on healthcare is way down. So no, Obamacare is not a complete failure, but it does desperately need to improve. And the only way to do so is to get more young, healthy people to sign up. So how do we get more young, healthy people to sign up? Well, Congress has to get involved and adjust the rules of the law, like impose higher penalties and provide larger subsidies. Or we could really embrace that narrow network, no frill strategy, you know, offering young people the option of cheaper, bare bones coverage to protect them in the event of an accident or serious illness. On both sides, something would be better than nothing. But let's face it, Congress is not about to get involved, not so long as Republicans are in control of at least one branch of government. Since Obamacare went into effect, the GOP has tried to repeal the law more than 60 times. So, yeah, the chances that Republican congressional members would make any attempt to fix the very law they have so fiercely opposed are slim to none. So what happens with Obamacare will be up to the next president. And during the second presidential debate, we got a little peek into the plans that Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump each have for the Affordable Care Act. I want very much to save what works and is good about the Affordable Care Act, but get costs down and keep quality up. Obamacare is a disaster. We have to repeal it and replace it with something absolutely much less expensive and something that works. And that does it for this week's Explainer. Look out for new episodes of 7-Minute Explainers every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a rating or a review on iTunes. Happy listening. Happy listening.